This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, June 20th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Haley. Here's today's state lines. Updating cannabis licenses and reporting. House to debate ag spending and U.S. ready to engage with China. Measures to extend cannabis licenses finds a new home. A Senate bill that would have extended temporary licenses to cannabis growers was pulled ahead of a committee vote yesterday. Senator Mike McGuire, a Democrat of Hildesburg, has not commented on the reasons for shelving his bill. Yet growers should not be retreating into the black market anytime soon, as feared. Similar measures to the bill have already been included in the budget passed last week. According to McGuire, a backlog of more than 10,000 temporary licenses are set to expire. The budget measure would extend the licenses and buy more time for the Department of Food and Ag to convert the temporary licenses into provisional or annual licenses. Santa Barbara County and other opponents of the bill argued the requirements for obtaining the temporary licenses circumvent environmental review, and they're set too low. The L.A. Times recently detailed how the temporary licenses have fueled a rapid and chaotic expansion of cannabis operations in Santa Barbara County. County Ag Reports for Cannabis. Yesterday, Senate Bill 657 passed the same committee, Assembly Business and Professions. It purposes cannabis cultivation to be voluntarily included in the annual reports that county ag commissioners send to CDFA. It would report on the condition, acreage, and production, as well as value for the crop. The author, Senator Bill Monning of Carmel, said normalizing cannabis as an agriculture product will encourage unlicensed growers to come forward and become legitimate licensed and tax-paying businesses. The Monterey County Board of Supervisors sponsored the bill. Now, attorney for the board, Jennifer Capitalo says back in the 80s, the country was flourishing with greenhouses and cut flowers. The burgeoning Latin American market then completely decimated the county. That led to tons of greenhouses sitting empty with high unemployment, she said. Those greenhouses are now filling with cannabis. Commenting on cannabis, well, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is giving you two extra weeks until July 16th. The agency is seeking scientific data and information about the safety, manufacturing, product quality, marketing, labeling, and sale of products containing cannabis or cannabis-derived compounds. House debates USDA spending bill. House members have a long day ahead of them debating and voting on amendments to a five-bill package of fiscal 2020 spending measures and includes legislation funding for the USDA, the FDA, the EPA, and the Interior Department. The amendments scheduled for debate on the USDA-FDA portion of the bill include a proposed earmark of $100,000 for FDA's work on providing a legal pathway for the hemp extract CBD to be used in food and dietary supplements. Another amendment earmarks $5 million for USDA to develop a vaccine for African swine fever. One amendment to be considered as a part of the interior EPA would allocate $500,000 to the EPA Science Advisory Board to review the agency's proposed science transparency rule. Critics say the rule would make it more difficult to conduct long-term epidemiological studies. Now, left out, House Democrats did not allow debate on many Republican amendments, including a proposal to roll back the sugar program and to protect Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue's authority to relocate two USDA research agencies. And also blocked from a vote was the GOP amendment to prohibit enforcement of the Obama-era waters of the U.S. rule, 
which is in effect in 22 states where it has not been blocked by court order. Now, for the record, uh, Wednesday, the House did pass by a margin of 226 to 203, another minibus that includes funding for the Labor Department and agencies such as the Army Corps of Engineers and U.S. Aid. Lighthizer, U.S. ready to engage on China. U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer says the administration is ready to engage with China when President Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping meet next week at the G20 summit in Japan. But when a member of the House Ways and Means Committee pressed him yesterday about prospects for progress towards a deal, Lighthizer would only say the administration is, quote, hopeful. As to when the U.S.-China negotiations will actually resume, he said, I can't say at this point, but we're talking and going to meet. Japan update. Lighthizer disclosed that he'll be meeting with his Japanese counterpart on the sidelines of the G20 summit. Lighthizer made a case to Ways and Means uh, for getting a deal done relatively quickly with Japan on agriculture trade. Because of Japan's trade deal with the European Union and its membership in the Trans-Pacific Partnership, he said, we are going to be treated worse than our competitors. We understand the nature of this problem, and our farmers are going to lose that market. Hearing takeaway, well, Lighthizer went out of his way to court Democrats on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement during his back-to-back hearings on the Senate and House this week. Mexico ratified USMCA yesterday. He repeatedly blamed NAFTA for destroying U.S. jobs and assured Democrats that he wanted to negotiate with them on provisions to address their concerns over drug pricing and enforcement of labor and environmental standards. Grassley, be patient with Pelosi. Senate Finance Committee Chair Charles Grassley is echoing Lighthizer's praise of the way House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is handling the USMCA. Pelosi recently appointed a small working group to talk with Lighthizer about attending to Democratic concerns in the agreement. He said, I definitely get the feeling that Pelosi just needs time to get these issues worked out, but more importantly, time for new House members to get comfortable with the agreement. Grassley told reporters, quote, she's trying to do it in a methodical way. We're just going to have to be patient until she gets it done. While we're at it. Grassley also welcomed the tax bill that the Ways and Means Committee will vote on today because it contains a laxed set of tax incentives, including the dollar-a-gallon tax credit for biodiesel. Grassley's reasoning, well, tax bills must originate in the House, so this is critical of critical first step, if you will, for the extenders. He says there's a possibility we'll be able to deal with the bill in the Senate and make compromises with the House. The House bill would reduce estate tax exemption starting in 2023, and that is a non-starter for the GOP side. House Ag puts focus on crop insurance. The importance of the federal crop insurance program will it'll be the focus of a House Agriculture Subcommittee hearing today. The witnesses include Michael Davenport, the chairman of the American Association of Crop Insurers and chief operating officer of Rain and Hail LLC. Also testifying is Brandon Willis, a former administrator for USDA's Risk Management Agency. Well, here's today's She Said It. More and more people are doing things with their phone. That Senator Ann Cabarello of Salinas in a Senate ag hearing on a bill that refines reporting requirements for beekeepers. Cabarello proposed an app for this reporting, which also could provide real-time notification when hives are stolen. Well, that is Daybreak West for this Thursday, June 20th, brought to you by FMC. 
For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.